We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek here. Guys, we have not done a Q&A in so very long, so we wanted to do one for you guys. We sifted through. I sent a tweet out last week about some questions you guys might have regarding the Indianapolis Colts. We didn't get to every single question because there's quite a few, but we did get a few questions, and there were some questions that were similar, so we kind of included them all into one question. So the way that this is going to work is I'm going to read a question. Derek's going to give his thoughts on the question. I'm going to give my thoughts, and then I'll read and go on to the next question, so on and so forth, till we go through all the questions. The first question, Derek, we have here is about Paris Campbell. It asks, what will Paris Campbell's role look like next season? I think this could potentially be a good bait as well to see if he'll talk about ideas at the wide receiver position. What say you about this question regarding Paris Campbell? Yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned it right before the start of the podcast, and I thought that he could be a lot of what uh, a Cordell Patterson used to be, you know, before he went like into full running back mode. Uh, you know, Cordell, you could just really use in a multitude of different ways. You know, you use him in the sweeps, you use him in uh, out in the flats, you, you find a way to get him in the middle of the field, you know, you, and you have the chance to have him run the football occasionally. You know, it, it, he's one of those guys that if he remains healthy, I mean, the, the strategy for him is uh, not going to be any different. You know, you need to continue to try to get him the ball because when the ball is in his hands, I mean, he definitely can burn anyone on the football field as long as he remains healthy that's a big question right can he stay healthy that's a question we've all had for years now but you're right like the, the plan should be get the ball in Paris Campbell's hands and let him do work same with Naheem Hines you know those two guys when they get the ball in their hands they're deadly and it was kind of interesting Derek because we saw in week one in Jacksonville in 2020 Paris Campbell had a great game you know that first week and, and they gave him the ball on sweeps, they end arounds, all those things. They just gave him the ball and let him go to work. And they didn't really do that a whole lot with Paris Campbell last year. I know he was injured quite a bit, but even when he was on the field, he didn't really get that opportunity much. So I'm hoping now with Matt Ryan, you know, the way the Colts want to, you know, get Naheem Hines involved, kind of go back to how they were using some of these guys in 2020. I'm hoping Paris Campbell will benefit from that as well. If he stays healthy, and that's a big if, 
Um, I see his role. I, I agree. Be, be kind of that Cordero Patterson in that Atlanta offense, maybe not running the football as much, but just getting the ball in his hands. That question was from Gavin. Thank you, Gavin. Appreciate the question. All right, next question. Are you happy with the current moves, and what do you want the most moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very happy with the moves so far. I mean, Ballard has addressed the two biggest issues in uh, the team right now, and that was uh, getting the quarterback that we needed and also getting uh, a pass rush. And we finally have a proven guy at both of those positions that you feel confident that at least both of these guys can at least give some kind of great production out of them at that position. I mean, we were talking about it at the end of the season that pass rush. I mean, we, we have, we were doing terrible uh, all season at getting to the quarterback and, you know, getting a guy like Yannick Ngakwe is huge, you know, to be able to open things up. It releases a lot of uh, stress off of DeForest Buckner in a lot of ways, which is huge for the middle. And again, it's great for a guy like, Quiddy Pay, who's still learning to learn from someone like a Yannick Ngakwe. And then, you know, we've talked about Matt Ryan so many times over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, what he's been able to do, what he is able to bring to this team. I mean, it can't be understated. And then, you know, we're talking about what we want the most going forward. I mean, obviously, the one thing you need uh, at this point is you need more weapons. Don't know how the Colts are going to address that, but uh, either way, you know, th that still needs to be addressed. And, you know, I still feel you need a number one corner. Uh, I still feel we're in that spot at the moment. Uh, getting a guy like Tyron Matthew, I know it, he's not exactly a corner, but a guy that, you know, could really impact your secondary in a multitude of different ways. I just think that he would be, so big for this team if you were able to sign him. So that's some of the things that I think we could get going forward. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I just, if I can add real fast about the defensive side, what I would like to see, I want to see one of these moves, if not both of these moves. And I don't know if they can do both of these moves, but I want either of them to trade for James Bradbury, who they have been linked to. He's a corner from the New York Giants, really good corner. He's a Pro Bowler in 2020. He'd be your number one corner. Or I want them to sign Tyron Matthew. I, I just think you need to do something. You need to get an impact player in your secondary at one of those positions in your DBs. I just feel like you do. You need to get a Pro Bowl All-Pro kind of player, whether it's Bradbury, whether it's Matthew, whether it's both of them. You just need to add there for sure. Obviously the weapons as well, but I'm feeling like they're probably going to go look at the draft a little bit more to go get wide receiver, tight end, all those things. But good question. Thank you, Adrian, for that question. Really appreciate it. All right, let's move on now to the next question. This question is asking about the linebackers, Derek. Uh, I do not feel like they get talked about enough. What's the outlook for these guys at the present, and are we happy with it based off of Gus Bradley's scheme? Yeah, I mean, the linebackers themselves, I, I think it's going to be a, a great season for them. You know, with this new defensive scheme, I think it's going to allow uh, – not only Darius Leonard, but Bobby Okereke to also become a little bit more aggressive in how they take away uh, certain routes in the middle. You know, Darius Leonard came on pretty strong at the end of the year uh, with the pass. And I think that Bobby was doing a, a good job in run defense, but I think that he could, uh, again, try to take that next step in the pass coverage department I just think that it's going to take a lot. I think it's definitely going to take a lot of pressure off of them knowing, you know, what this defensive line is going to be next year 
And then, you know, with this new defensive scheme in the back, you know, with them being a little bit more aggressive, I think you'll, you'll see even more turnover potential with these linebackers. And, you know, we saw a lot of turnovers from Darius Leonard last year. I certainly hope to see a few more of those from Bobby Okereke uh, with this new scheme. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That one was from Maurice. Appreciate the question. Uh, Daryl's asking about uh, positions. Ballard fills at free agency. We kind of touched on that, but thank you for the question, Daryl. He says, big fan of the podcast here. Thank you. We really appreciate it, man. Um, all right. Next question. With so many young elite teams in the AFC, how many pieces away are the Colts from really making it through the AFC playoff gauntlet to a Super Bowl? Well, I mean, it really only comes down to the one position, right? And that's the quarterback because you're talking about all these AFC teams that are elite now and have gauntlets of teams. Well, which teams are you talking about? Well, you talk about teams like the chiefs, you talk about the bills, you talk about the chargers, you talk about the Raiders, you're talking about, you know, other guys like New England's coming up there. You're going to look at what Miami's doing at the moment. They're trying to get Tom Brady at the moment. I mean, most of what these teams have in common is they all have quarterbacks. And, you know, you talk about, uh, I mean, I didn't even mention freaking Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> what they just did. And the Ravens. Martin, and, the, and the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And, and the Browns. The Browns now yeah. with Deshaun Watson, you know? So, like, yeah. again, you're talking about this gauntlet of guys. What is the one thing that most of these teams have? They either had spent a, a gazillion dollars in free agency or they have a quarterback. They have a legit franchise quarterback that can lead their team into the promised land is what they're thinking, right? So that's the one thing that the Colts are going to have to figure out. You know, and Matt Ryan could be good enough to maybe go through some of these teams because, uh, you know, I think the Colts roster is a little bit better built than some people think it is. Uh, maybe not as top heavy on the on the overall athletic talent, but this team certainly can compete now that it has a quarterback in place that I think is not going to set us back. But yeah, ultimately, at some point, you're just going to have to try to find the guy, right, that's going to set you at that same level as the rest of these teams. Yeah. I mean, you got in the next two drafts, you absolutely have to draft the guy. You can't, there's no question anymore. You have to find your franchise guy. You have to go all in. There's a lot of guys that are going to become available when this draft and others, not as many top end guys, but there are some guys next year, even um, in the draft. And I feel like you have to do it in the next two years at minimum. Um, but that's a good question from Brock. Really appreciate the question, man. Thank you for tuning in. All right, uh, next question. Do you see the Colts trading up in the draft to get a wide receiver? Uh, yeah, if it's if it's the one that they truly want. I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what they actually do because in my previous mock draft that I did, I know some people said that they didn't want to see the trade possibility, but at the end of the day, it's kind of what I was thinking is, you know, if there's somebody in that late second round that's still there that they kind of feel like is going to make the, all the difference, then yeah, I could legitimately see them trading up or hell, even if there's a guy at 42 or even if there's a guy in the really early for, uh, second round that they just have to have, then yeah, I could see it happening. I don't think they'll give up much, but I think that uh, they definitely will try. I mean, you saw what they did in 2020. They traded up 
five picks to go and get Jonathan Taylor. They didn't have to do that. But, you know, if you feel like you got a guy there that you absolutely can't afford to lose, then Ballard's done it a, a once or twice before. I think he'll do it again, maybe. Yeah, and it depends. Uh, like, if one of these top guys all of a sudden sliding down to 20 or, you know, slides into the, you know, early second round, absolutely. But I could see more. I think more of a realistic option is kind of what you mentioned, Derek, trading back into maybe that second round or something like that. Because remember, the Colts do have a pretty early third round pick from that Carson Wentz trade from Washington. Uh, so they could potentially trade up and get a guy. I could definitely see that being a scenario where, you know, they, they love a guy and they want to trade up and they get him. You know, they, they trade away one of those later round picks to go get a guy. I could see that realistically being an option if, you know, for example, in that second round, they go and get a left tackle, like a left tackle sitting there. They go and get their future left tackle to compete with Matt Pryor, and then they trade up into the second round. They get their next guy. I could see that realistically being an option. Um, that was a good question, though. Thank you, Lucas, for that question. Really appreciate it. All right, uh, let's keep going. Uh, this is a similar question to what one we just had a little bit ago. Even if they draft a wide receiver and tight end, is that enough weapons to seriously compete in the AFC? No, not at the moment. Uh you know, you're drafting a guy, you know, you can't ever expect a rookie at this level, especially at a skill position to really set you over the edge. You just can't, you just can't do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, in the down the road, it could, but at, at this moment in time, that still would not be enough for the Colts to, you know, be in serious contention in the AFC at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure for a rookie to do, you know, or a couple rookies to do. Not saying it's impossible because I think it really could happen, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot, a lot to ask out of a, a second and third round rookies, you know, presumably if you go wide receiver, tight end, or tight end wide receiver, one of those two. Um, but that's from Football and Food. Appreciate the question, my friend. Thank you for tuning in. Um, all right, next question here: What are the chances that pick number forty-two? So that's the second round pick the Colts have. First pick they're having right now, as it stands right now first pick they have in this draft what are the chances that pick is the future franchise quarterback and which prospects would realistically be available at that spot um I, i've said it before that i believed that the colts are not going to draft a quarterback in this draft specifically um i, I just think that it's just not going to be a, what is in their plans they just went and got Matt Ryan. I think they feel confident in Matt Ryan's ability, at least over the next two years, to lead them to some good wins. And, you know, maybe we could talk about it next year, them doing that. But uh, this year, I realistically don't think that's uh, much of a chance. Uh, which ones are available at that spot? It's a good question. Uh, you know, Sam Howell uh, is definitely one that I think could be there. Then again, he's been climbing up some boards. I, I think some people have actually even had him as like QB two in some areas, which is weird. Um, and then, you know, you hear guys like Desmond Ritter, right? Well, I mean, Desmond Ritter has been getting a lot of attention over the last month because of, you know, his combine and what, and what he's able to do on the field that some of these guys just aren't, you know, just with that athletic ability. Um, you know, he, I think he could slip to the second round. Uh, I do believe he can. And then, you know, Matt Corral, who, you know, I know Destin from the Blue Stable absolutely has a man crush on. I just don't think that uh, he's going to be available in the first round 
because, you know, I just think that injury is just going to set him back. I just don't know. Unless there's a team that has like a serviceable quarterback and they think that he could just sit for a while, maybe that could be a thing. And, and Matt Corral, I mean, I know he actually threw his, uh, pro day, which is impressive enough as is after the, the injury he sustained. So we'll see what that is, but I think Sam Howell and, uh, Desmond Ritter could definitely be guys that could be available at 42. Well, thanks for the question, Dakota. Really appreciate it. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, we have two more questions here. So this actually isn't too bad for a Q&A. Typically, our Q&As are like an hour or so. It's a little bit of a shorter Q&A, which is, I'm good with. Um, all right, question here. Why do people want Andre Johnson 2.0, a.k.a. Julio? Uh, wouldn't it be better to stick with T.Y.? Well, I mean, the whole reason everyone's talking about Julio, right, is the fact of it's Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan, who had Julio for, what, six, seven seasons, you know, and those guys have, you know, developed an unbelievable connection with each other. I mean, I think that's the only reason that this is happening. I mean, (laughs) that's the only reason I'm acknowledging it is because if it wasn't, if it wasn't Matt Ryan, then I wouldn't even mention Julio because yeah, I see all the injuries and, you know, his production has just not been the same since he left Atlanta. But, you know, I mean, again, for if you're if you're going to get it, if you would get him for cheap, then I would get the point of it. But that's why that's why everyone's talking about Julio at the moment. Uh, would it be better to stick with T.Y.? I don't know. Cody, what do you what do you say to that? So here's my thing. I look at that way these two guys play. T.Y. is obviously a lot smaller. I feel like he's just a lot more fragile at this point. You know, he's been injured too, right? So it's like, which injured wide receiver do you want, right? right. Um, whereas Julio, I, I mean, you look at their, and again, maybe this isn't a fair comparison, but you look at their peaks. I mean, Julio was a top receiver in this league. So I kind of, in certain ways, almost would view it as you know, when the Colts cut Pierre Desir or they let him go and they signed Xavier Rhodes, right? Why'd they do that? Because they felt like Xavier Rhodes at his ceiling was higher than Pierre Desir, ended up working out in their favor for a couple of years. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Julio because the injuries are a concern, but I could see and I could make an argument. I could see how they could make an argument. Mention the Matt Ryan connection, that makes total sense. And also his ceiling, let's be honest, at this point, it's higher than TY's ceiling. I'm just going to say it. It is when he's healthy. Now, is he healthy? I don't know. But he's only a couple years removed from being a Pro Bowl All-Pro player, right? I mean, that, that's true. That That is – but can he stay healthy? I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can. But he has that connection with Ryan. And I don't think, Derek, even if you were to sign a Julio, say, for example, that doesn't, in my opinion, change what who you draft at 42. I think you draft yeah. a wide receiver anyways. Yeah. It's just, it's another guy with, you would sign him for virtually nothing, you know, I would think. Um, It'd be a very low risk, potential high reward, just like the Xavier Rhodes signing, in my opinion. And, you know, I feel like if any team can get the most out of a guy that has struggled the last couple years, I know Julio's more has been injuries, but it's the Colts at this point. I feel like they're a team that can do that. And it gives you a legit fighting chance in the AFC, right? You know, best case scenario, you get Pittman, you get Julio, and you get a rookie wide receiver in the second round. That's a pretty good trio right there if they're all healthy. Now, I don't know if they all will be, but if they are, gives you a chance at least. Right. All right. That was a good question, though. I mean, I think people are probably going to disagree. That was from Scotty. Appreciate it, Scotty. 
Last question here, and this is a legit good question and a question that I have and probably my biggest beef with Chris Ballard to this point. Why does Chris Ballard continue to undervalue the wide receiver position? <sighs> yeah, we, we talk about it all the time. Uh, listen, I, I, I would say this. I saw a chart earlier today. Uh, they were talking about like all the big name wide receivers that have been free agents like over the last like four seasons. And then they talk about like these guys that get paid, you know, 70, 80, anywhere from 60 to $80 million in their deals. And then it just goes to show you like how many of these guys actually contribute to their teams, right? Like Kenny Galladay, who everyone was raving about last off season. I mean, was he, was he worth anything for the giants that past season? They just paid him like $16 million a year to come and play for them. And I think he was injured for most of the year. So, you know, it's like, it's a common trend. You know, we always talk about these wide receivers, these free agent wide receivers. And, you know, we always want to get the biggest name free agent wide receivers, right? It's just a lot of times it's, it, it, it is very common to want to grab those guys when in ultra reality, I hate to say it, uh, but Ballard actually has been smart to not go and grab many big name free agent receivers that have hit the market because, you know, a lot of them have just not panned out. A lot of them have just not done what needs to be done to do what, uh, to get any kind of main production. And, you know, they were talking about it the other day. I think it was Reich that mentioned this. And I think it's the same view as Ballard that, you have a quarterback in Matt Ryan now who you believe that is actually going to be able to get your receivers more involved, you know, like actually be able to hit the routes that need to be hit. Right. And things like that. So I, I get that perspective. They're saying that Wentz was not the most accurate quarterback. So therefore it kind of, it kind of set back the receivers a little bit because of the timing and everything else that goes into making plays on the football field. But at the same time, yeah, it really does suck that, you know, we it does feel like all these teams, you know, have these tremendous weapons and, you know, the Colts just don't have a lot of great wide receiver slash tight end play right now. They just don't. And, and, and anyone that is there is pretty much just young and unproven. At this point, you know, Michael Pittman has shown he's proven he's young, but he's proven he showed that even with Carson Wentz, the dude can go get you 80 receptions for a thousand yards and get you a couple touchdowns throughout the year. So that that that's that's provenness to me. But yeah, I mean, everybody else. I mean, we'd just be lucky if these guys could be proven enough to stay healthy. That's the problem that we have. We, we don't even get production. We'd be lucky enough if these guys even just stayed healthy for half the year. So. You know, it, it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, it, you get the point of not wanting to overspend and being casual with how you address this stuff. But yeah, it does suck knowing that a lot of these AFC teams, especially in the AFC, have, you know, two or three really solid wide receivers, some of them like elite receivers. And yet we just seem to not be able to find the answer. I think to be fair to Ballard this offseason, he didn't have a quarterback. 
You know, the Watson trade screwed everything up. So what wide receiver honestly wants to come to Indianapolis uh, with no quarterback? And, and they don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Like, I don't blame them. But I think overall, I do agree with that question because it's a fair question. I mean, how can you honestly look at the wide receiver position? Outside of Michael Pittman, nobody had over 500 yards. I know you can blame the quarterback. He deserves a fair amount of the blame. But the wide receivers play as well. Like, they have to have some fault as well. Nobody outside of Pittman had over 500 yards. So to say that that's fine, that's ridiculous in my opinion. Now, I'm assuming a lot of this stuff's probably coach speak and just building in your guys and things like that. You know, we've seen him do this before. We've seen them say things and then go out and trade for a guy or go out and draft a guy, right? We've seen him do things like that before. But I think wide receiver is clearly, in my opinion, the most important need right now that you need to address. Like, there's no question in my mind that you have to address it at this point. I don't care what it takes. I don't care where you do it. You just need to get a couple guys. I would almost say, and venture to say this, Derek, and you could disagree with me or, or agree with me here, I would almost double dip in the draft if you're not going to sign anybody, you know? Yeah. I think it's that important, and, and the cupboard's that bare, in my opinion. I know they like to talk up Patman. They like to talk up Strong. They like to talk up Paris Campbell. But, like, you cannot realistically go into the season putting your eggs in those baskets. Yeah. You cannot. That would be malpractice, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That would be doing a disservice to your quarterback who you – Everybody said Matt Ryan's come to Indianapolis. He's getting better weapons. He's getting better protection. He's getting all these things. You got to actually give him better weapons. You have to. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we talk about uh, Hines and Taylor out of the backfield. Yeah. That's just not part of the question. We're asking about wide receiver and that why that seems to be the case that Ballard and Reich always seem to be so damn confident in this wide receiver group when it has accomplished nothing besides Michael Pittman. I mean, no disrespect to T.Y. Hilton. Hilton's just not the player that he once was. He's just hurt half the year. You know, maybe he can kind of return a little bit to the form that we saw from 2019 or 2020 with Phillip Rivers. Maybe we could see a form of that with Matt Ryan. Maybe we could see that. But at the end of the day, you know, Pittman is doing it all by himself right now. You just let go of Zach Paschal. All your other guys are either hurt all the time or they're so young and inexperienced and everything and raw that they just aren't able to do much. Yeah, you're right. It'd be a disservice to Matt Ryan and to this team to just walk in there with this wide receiver group right now. And I I truly believe they they know that. They're probably just talking it up that they believe in the guys that they have. I mean, to be fair, Frank Reich said he thinks Carson Wentz could be a top 10 quarterback. So, I mean, take that as you will for what he's saying. He's, you know, he's sticking with his guys a little bit, I feel like. So, it, you know, it's so hard right now because people overreact to everything that they say, right? Right. People overreact to everything Ballard says, to everything Reich says. So it's like, what are we going to take at face value? What are we going to take and say, all right, he's kind of BSing us a little bit here. Um, he's just kind of saying, you know, going through the motions, saying the things that he probably should say to build into his guys, build that confidence. But, you know, actions speak louder than words, Derek. And, you know, I think the Colts' actions hopefully will speak louder than words here. Um, and the Colts will draft a guy here in the second round or maybe trade up and get a guy in the first round. You never know. Uh, but that'll do it, guys, for our Q&A. Thank you, everybody, for submitting questions. Sorry if we didn't get to some questions. I think we got most of them, if not all of them. We probably got some. If if there were similar ones, we just asked a certain question. So hopefully we did answer your question in a roundabout way. But really appreciate everybody for tuning in. 
As always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.